1 Samuel chapter 22 David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam, and when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was in bitter and in soul gathered to him, and he became a commander over them. And there were with him about four hundred men. And David went from there to Mitzpah to Moab, and he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and my mother stay with you, till I know what God will do for me. And he said to them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. Then the prophet Gad said to David, Do not remain in the stronghold. Depart and go into the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. Now Saul heard that David was discovered, and the men who were with him, Saul was sitting in Gibeah under the tamarisk tree, on the height of his spear on his hand, and all his servants were standing about him. And Saul said to his servants who stood about him, Hear now, people of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards? Will he make you a commander of thousands and commanders of hundreds? What that all of you conspired against me? No one discloses to me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is sorry for me or discloses to me that my son has stirred up thy servant against me to lie in wait as at this day. Then answered Doag the Edomite, who stood by the servant Saul. I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob and uh, to Amalek, the son of Atub, and he inquired of the Lord for him, and gave him provisions, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistines. Then the king sent to summon Amalek the priest, the son of Atub, and all his father's house, the priest who were with him at Nob, and all of them come to, came to the king. And Saul said, Hear now, son of Atub. And he answered, here I am, my lord. And Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, in that you have given him bread and a sword, that and have inquired of God for him, so that he has risen against me to lie in wait as to this day? Then Amalek answered the king, And who among all your servants is so faithful as David? Who is the king's son-in-law and captain over your bodyguard and honored in your house? Is today the first time that I have inquired of God for him? No. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to all the house of my father, for your servant has known nothing of all this, much or little. And the king said, You shall surely die, Amalek, you and all your father's house. And the king said to the guard who stood about him, Turn and kill the priest of the Lord, because their hand also is with David, and they know that he fled and did not disclose it to me. But the servants of the king would not put on their hand to strike the priest of the Lord. Then the king said to Doeg, You turn and strike the priest. And Doeg the Edomite turned and struck down the priest, and he killed on that day eighty-five persons who wore the linen ephod. And Nob, the city of the priest, he put the, to the sword both man and woman, child and infant, ox, donkey, and sheep, he put to the sword. But... One of the sons of Amalek, the son of Atub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar told David that Saul killed the priest of the Lord. And David said to Abiathar, I knew on that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasion to the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me. Do not be afraid, for he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me you shall be in safekeeping. 
Psalm 35 of David. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend against with contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and rise up for my help. Draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let them be put to shame and dishonor who seek after my life. Let them be turned back and disappointed who devise evil against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind, with the angel of the Lord driving them away. Let their way be dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. For without cause they hid their net for me, without cause they dug a pit for my life. Let destruction come upon him when he does not know it, and let the net that he hid ensnare him. Let him fall into it, to his destruction. Let my soul will rejoice in the Lord, exulting in his salvation. All my bones shall say, O Lord, who is like you, delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him, the poor and needy from him who robs him. Malicious witness, rise up. They ask me of things that I do not know. They repay me evil for good. My soul is bare fit. But I, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with head bowed on my chest. I went about as though I grieved for my friend or my brother. As one who laments his mother, I bowed down in mourning. But at my stumbling, they rejoiced and gathered. They gathered together against me, wretches whom I did not know, tore at me without ceasing, like profane mockers at a feast. They gnash at me with their teeth. How long, O Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their destruction, my precious life from the lions. I will thank you in the great congregation. In the mighty throng, I will praise you. Let not those rejoice over me who are wrongfully my foes, and let not those wink the eye who hate me without cause. For they do not speak peace. But against those who are in quiet in the land, they devise words of deceit. They open wide their mouths against me. They say, Aha! Aha! Our eyes have seen it. You have seen, O Lord. Be not silent. O Lord, be not far from me. Awake, and rouse yourself for my vindication. And for my cause, my Lord, my God. Vindicate me, O Lord my God, according to your righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Aha, our hearts desire. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Let them be put to shame and disappointed altogether, who rejoice at my calamity. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor, who magnify themselves against me. Let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad, and say evermore, Great is the Lord, who delights in the welfare of his servant. Then my tongue shall tell of your righteous and of your praise all the day long. Psalm 52 To the choir master, a maskeel of David, when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul, David has come to the house of Amalek. Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good, and lying more than speaking what is right. 
You love all the words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in his abundance of his riches, and sought refuge in his own destruction. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name, for it is good in the presence of the godly. Psalm 142, the masculine of David when he was in the cave, a prayer. With my voice I cry out to the Lord. With my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see. There is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. Coming into 1 Samuel after reading Judges and especially reading the Psalms in their proper context, that is with their historical elements that go along with them that we're getting from 1 Samuel, really opens our eyes to being able to perceive how all of these things are connected. What I find most unique is oftentimes when we look at the Psalms and particularly these what are called imprecatory psalms, where the speaker, in this case David, um, particularly in Psalm 56, where David is praying for God's judgment, ultimately to befall people who are working against him, people who are opposed to God's will being carried out. It's so easy when we read Judges, when we read these historical accounts, to separate ourselves from what's taking place and, and say, well, I'm so glad well, that we finally live in a Christian country. I'm so glad that the church, the people of God, finally got their act together and they pursue God wholeheartedly with all of their heart, not getting distracted by the things of this world. And of course, hearing that, those of you listening, you know that that's not the case. We still live in a fallen world. God's people are still stiff-necked. Their hearts are not completely given over to Him. Our worship services don't really reflect this, do they? We tend to focus on songs that are focused on being uplifting and about the deliverance of God and what he's done. Where are the imprecatory psalms? Where are the psalms that ask for God's judgment to be brought forward so that we can finally and ultimately be delivered from the sinfulness of the world that we live in? Now I ask that question, is it simply a pragmatic feature of worship and that we don't want to sing about how we want the world to come to an end so that Christ's kingdom can be ushered in? Well, we 
we don't want people to hear that, they wouldn't come back to church. Or is it because that's not ultimately our heart's desire? Both options are pretty pathetic. God's word, I believe, especially as we look at how David was interacting with Saul, reveals to us that a stiff-necked people deserve God's judgment. And that's not something that we say with hate or malice in our hearts. It's something that we say because God's judgment can also be disciplining them. It can be restorative. And if it's not going to be restorative, if it's going to cause them harm, then it's ultimately what they deserve. I think we're lacking a, a proper view of God's judgment. Because the truth is, if I were Saul, well, even going back to the conversation that David had with his beloved friend Jonathan, David asks of him, Jonathan, if I've done something wrong, tell me. I want you to be the one to tell me. If I've done something wrong and I deserve to die, I want you to be the one to kill me. Jonathan says, I would. Good friend's truthful. We need to be truthful about ourselves. <laughs>